0: Welcome to the Hell of a Catholic Podcast, I'm TJ Capaldi, Pastor Lackey at the Georgia Tech Catholic Center.
1: I'm Jenny Sample, I am a Georgia Tech student here.
2: And I'm Father Josh, the Chaplain at the Georgia Tech Catholic Center. And we have our a guest with us today, Jenny, we're very happy to have you with us. Thank you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, like year, your major, that kind of thing.
1: I am a fifth year business administration student here. Um,
2: and you're about to graduate, correct? I
1: am, I will graduate in May.
2: Awesome! Congratulations!
1: Thank you. Looking. You're also
2: to... you are our inaugural woman, on first woman. The Hell of a Catholic Podcast. It's Woo! like the, it's sure. like the first woman on the moon, kind of. It is. It's kind of like that, it's except, except that we haven't had a woman on the moon. I don't think have we. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. We should look no, that up. Woman. I don't think we have. I have no idea. Well, the
1: first woman yeah. for the podcast.
2: All right.
0: Well, so. today's uh, podcast will be talking about Holy Thursday. What is it? And uh, you know what. Uh, What do we know about it, what do we not know about it, anything like that.
2: Yep. So first things first, what is Holy Thursday? Just like on a really basic level, what is
0: it? Uh, So it's the first day of the Paschal Triduum, of the series of three days, the Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and like our celebration of Easter, it's the end of Lent, right? And it celebrates the Last Supper. There we go.
2: Okay, yeah. So it's at the end of the 40 days of Lent, so Lent goes for 40 days. If you count from Ash Wednesday until the Wednesday before Easter and take out all the Sundays, that's 40 days. So Lent ends, Holy Thursday begins, and we begin something called the Paschal Triduum, which is a very strange uh, word, just meaning three days. Um, And during those days, we celebrate the Last Supper, the Passion of Jesus, his death, and then his resurrection on Easter. So Holy Thursday kind of kicks it all off. All right, so we're talking today about the meaning of Holy Thursday, the kind of things that happen on it. And one of the things that happens on Holy Thursday, everybody knows, well, not everybody, but a lot of people know about the institution of the Eucharist, the washing of the feet, and all the stuff that happens in the evening. But most people have never been to and don't know that Holy Thursday starts with the Chrism Mass. Mm. Right? So the Chrism Mass is really? celebrated with the bishop. Okay. Um, is supposed to be on Holy Thursday. Now, most dioceses on, don't like, do it. They do it on, like, Tuesday, right? Exactly. And it, it says, it actually says in the Missal that if you, if for pastoral reasons, you can't, then if you can't do it on Thursday, because the thing is, like, Holy Thursday's really busy. And the problem is you want all your priests there. So if you live in a diocese where priests are a long way away, so, like, in Atlanta, where we are, you can have priests that are, like, three hours away. You come down to this chrism mass from, say, 10 to 12... And then you got to go back to your parish. Mm-hmm. We have this lunch afterwards. I mean, it, it's just, it's not a very kind of yeah. interesting event if you have to do it like that. So a lot of dioceses move it. Are we going to talk about the chrism mass? I think we are, yeah. Okay, okay. I think the reason, why, the reason why we do it on Tuesday is because, like, Holy Thursday, I'm going to throw this out there. Holy Thursday is a little bit of a controversial day, but Holy Thursday is all about the priesthood. Yeah. From, like, start to finish, it is all about the priesthood. So the chrism mass... Um, that's the Mass where the bishop gathers with all of the priests in the diocese. Ideally, every single priest is there. Whether they're con whether they're assisting, or whether they're doing whatever, they're all there. And he consecrates the oils that are used during the year at the Chrism Mass. And then this other thing that happens is really important. It's the renewal of our priestly promises. Oh,
0: yeah, I remember this. Yeah. I went to one Chrism Mass, and I remember that. I've never been to one. Yeah.
2: one. So the priestly promises that we renew, um, I've actually got them right here. Uh, He asks, beloved sons, he's addressing the priests. So beloved sons, on the anniversary of that day when Christ our Lord conferred his priesthood on his apostles and on us, are you resolved to renew in the presence of your bishop and God's holy people the promises you once made? Theoretically, everybody says, I am. If they (laughs) don't, I don't know what happens. But, I mean, it is interesting. though. So right off the bat, we see that the day that the priesthood was created and conferred was... Holy Thursday. Yeah. Right? It's implicit. So it's already established, right? So there's no question that it's going... I I do think there's some question exactly when it happened. Yes. You know, some people say it was when Jesus said, do this in memory of me. Some people say it was when he washed their feet. Some Mm -hmm. people say all kinds of things, you know.
0: Some people might probably argue it wasn't until when he breathed on them, which wouldn't be on Holy Thursday. Except
2: it says right here in the Missal. The anniversary of that day when Christ our Lord conferred His priesthood, so it is on Holy, Holy Thursday. Thursday. Okay,
0: I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm with you, but it's. I know uh, there are
2: people that'll say all kinds of things, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm not
0: going to go in that camp. I'm going to stick with. I'm going to stick with the Thursday crowd. So
2: we renew our priestly promises. I mean, we you know are you resolved to be more united with the Lord Jesus and most more closely conform to Him, denying yourselves and confirming those promises about sacred duty towards Christ's Church which prompted by love of him, you willingly and joyfully pledged on the day of your priestly ordination. I am. And it goes on and on. We, we make all these kind of renewals of our priestly promises. Then usually you'll gather together for like an, a meal. Um, okay. It's it's a tradition that priests gather together on Holy Thursday for a meal to celebrate the priesthood. Getting like usually you eat yeah, What's that? Nice. You really eat lamb? Yeah, usually you do. Yeah, why wow. not? Right? That's pretty uh, cool. Eat lamb, you have a good time, and then... Uh, Uh, Later that day, you celebrate the Lord's Supper, uh, and all that kind of stuff goes on. So, let's skip forward then to the to the part that everybody, well, more people know about, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that is the Mass of the Lord's Supper. When you think of that, like, what's the first thing you think of?
1: Institution of the Eucharist. Okay, when Judas betrayed Christ.
2: When Judas, bet- okay, the betrayal. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say the first thing they think of is the betrayal. <laughs> well, <just> kind of- <laughs> <laughs> it is
1: sad. But yes,
2: um, women notice different things. At least. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: wow, like you mean in the story or in the liturgy, like in the mat? When you, yeah, see, I'm thinking
2: more of the liturgy.
0: Okay. Right? Um, I mean, I think of the washing of the feet.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because
0: mm-hmm. when you think of these, like the Triduum days, you think of like kind of. Like Ash Wednesday, you think about the fact you get ashes, right? Right. Like on Holy Thursday, you think about what's the like attraction? What's the main attraction? It's, it's very solemn. Yeah, because it's not a it's not a holy day of obligation, but like we, we should, I I I feel like I want to go because it's you know it's Easter and it's Easter's awesome and, uh, but yeah, you think of mainly the washing of the feet is like the thing that's different from another
2: mass. And you know, you get this kind of brief, this brief period where you're not in Lent. Anymore, mm-hmm. but you haven't started the Paschal fast. It's
1: like a limbo,
2: so it's like you get these kind of <laughs> hours between like midnight of Wednesday before Easter until whenever you celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper, which I think we're doing here at seven. Is it seven or eight? I can't remember. We're doing here, I think, at seven o'clock, and uh, so those times in between, like we're talking like full on feast mode mm. for those for those couple of hours, which is really interesting. because Wait, really? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Like, we celebrate the priesthood. Priests have this huge meal and this big fraternity thing. Um, oh, absolutely. Wow. I never great, knew that before. Yeah, it's this great moment of joy. Like, it's the, the celebration of the Passover, and then we start Holy Thursday, which it itself is also quite joyful, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a normal Mass, except for this thing that happens after the homily, the washing of the feet, and then also... The, the Eucharistic prayer is somewhat different. There's a special Eucharistic prayer that you pray on Holy Thursday and Holy Thursday alone. It's a, a, mo- a modification of the first Eucharistic prayer. Okay. And mm-hmm. it's prescribed for Holy Thursday. You have to use it. I think mm-hmm. you have to use it. Maybe you, maybe you have some options. I don't know. Um, and then after that, there's this procession to the altar of repose. Right. So mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting thing, yeah. too. What's that about? Cause well, I thought we'd talk about the three, but I think we can talk about that one first. Let's talk about that one first. Um, at the end of Mass... Instead of like a final blessing. So after communion, what will happen is the priest or in your parish, whatever, if you have a priest and deacon, any of the clergy, they go up and gather the Eucharist together and they take the it. Eucharist. Yeah, all of it. All right? of it. Yeah. Out of the church or out of the main altar and they put it on this other altar that's been prepared.
3: Mm-hmm. the Somewhere.
2: altar of repose. Um, and there's this procession with people with candle lights and you go out. And you put the Eucharist in this tabernacle, and then people stay in adoration. Some people, you know, some people leave and they come back, but people are there in adoration, not exposition. It's not like that you can see the host, but it's just the saborium, tabernacles open until midnight. And then the, then the tabernacle is closed, and solemn exposition stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that's celebrating is our Lord leaving the upper room uh-huh. and going down into the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh. And so we have these hours. Right, so if we'll be done at maybe ten, so we have two hours where our Lord is in the garden, and we're there with Him, um, praying with Him, and then at midnight we close the tabernacle door, and that's a symbol of Him coming and being uh, coming and being taken away by Arrested. the guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Can I take out a sword at that point and cut somebody's ear off?
1: <laughs> not, that, that would not be appropriate here on the Georgia Tech campus.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I
1: apologize. The, the so,
2: <laughs> in fact, I I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to have swords on the Georgia
0: yeah. Tech campus. I that think think a weapon. A rule. Well, You'd get it arrested it there. The, it leads us to the question of whether uh, the Catholic Center is Georgia Tech property or It not. is not Georgia no. Tech property. But so, I'm
2: going to go ahead and enforce the no swords and especially no chopping off ears. Okay. Okay. Which might not be specifically delineated by Georgia Tech, but I'm prepared to write it specifically. I suppose I'll uh, I'll I'll conform out of obedience. We can actually we can put it in our Latin bylaws. I don't know exactly what that would sound (laughs) like. Not (laughs) chop people's Uh, ears off, but we can work on that. So while we're talking about altars of repose, before we go back to the other stuff, have any of you ever like? There's a tradition in Rome when I was studying there. There's this tradition where people go and they see the various altars of repose.
3: No.
2: Um, have any of you ever done that? No. No. I've been to Rome. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, there are, like, everybody. specific altars set up for it? No, it, I don't think you go to specific churches. It's just that all the churches have these beautiful altars. And because you can just walk from church to church there. Oh. People mm-hmm. go and they walk from church to church and see all the different altars.
1: No, I haven't done that.
2: So have you have you, have you you stayed before? And, I've
1: been to Rome. No,
2: no, no. But have but. you stayed before at the altar repose and just kind of enjoyed that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. just meditated. What's your
2: experience? It. What are you, What are you praying about when you do that?
1: It's really just more of a kind of like a silent refre- reflection. Just like focusing on like what Jesus must have endured and just endured mentally as he started preparing for his passion. So just seeing whatever, whatever thoughts come to mind, whatever God is trying to speak to you during that time and really opening your heart so you can become more in union to endure the trials and sufferings. Alongside Christ as He goes, you know, throughout the Passion for us.
2: I think you make a. I think you make a fantastic point. He's sitting there and he's praying about what's going to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. He's in that. He agony,
1: knows that's the thing.
2: Right? Like, he's he in his agony. The agony in the Garden. has happening exactly. right then. Right. He knows what's going to happen,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he freely chooses it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. You both talk about how you handle suffering. It's pretty cool,
1: especially knowing that He was fully God and fully human. So what he's his gonna go through mind the whole thing. literally was going through, the thoughts oh. that were running through his
2: head. It's impressive. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. A really an amazing experience. I highly recommend it. If you've never been, to go to Holy Thursday and then to take some time and hang out at the altar of repose yeah. and really pray. First of all, they tend to be beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. So you decorate the the altar repose like it's the garden. Like of it's the garden. There's just, flowers everywhere. I mean, it's it's over the top extravagant. Which to mm-hmm. me is really cool
0: because like the this this crazy the redemption of the world through this like terrible thing of the death of Christ starts in a garden. The same way that like the whole like the fall of With man Adam begins in a yep. garden. At anyways, but from uh, garden to garden, I think the the coolest the coolest. Or the weird, not the coolest, the weirdest part of that experience that you're talking about, Jenny, is um, when they come. They come at midnight and they take uh, they take our Lord in the Most Blessed Sacrament away, and like it doesn't mean that people like necessarily leave some people are going to leave at that point but like you can stay they leave Mm -hmm. everything set up they leave like the tabernacle open and like for me that was almost like a more that that's like kind of the a a very powerful part of the experience of staying there and spending time there is to actually be there when they take him away is like what because then you have like there's this emotional thing that's going on of like he was there and now he's not and like Mm -hmm.
2: so let me get this straight um, mine is the ear that you're planning to cut off. Yeah. <laughs> when I come to take our lord away,
1: <laughs> young guard. Like,
0: maybe I should not be allowed to stay. I might you did be already temp- graduate. I so... might be tempted, but now I'm an employee. I'm a pastoral lackey. Yeah, this, this hardly t- an employee. Really, this could, but...
1: hardly. <laughs>
0: this could turn out poorly. Anyways, I okay. just think that that's that's what I remember the most. Is like still being there when, like. Sh- Certainly, the presence of the Lord is still there in a different way. Um, But when it's just like you and some other people and the open tabernacle, and you and you really are like experiencing the Lord having been taken away, is that's pretty. I encourage anybody to like to stay for that part.
2: So there's another, the other really interesting element. I mean, obviously the institution of the Eucharist, right? But that part, except for a few different words said during the consecration, not during the consecration itself, but during the Eucharistic prayer that's going to seem like every other Mass you've ever been to. Mm
3: -hmm. The
2: other kind of unusual element on Holy Thursday is the washing of the feet. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the washing of the feet is also... It it causes some controversy sometimes. (laughs) um, Oh, yeah. Which is kind of interesting when you think about it. Um, But at any rate, uh, let's talk about the washing of the feet. So what the instructions um, say is that we are to... Uh, That that twelve men
3: Mm.
2: are to come up, and the priest is to wash their feet. It doesn't give you any more instructions than that, right? There's there's nothing except for um, there's some music that should be played at the same time. Um, What's is it? The Stabat Mater or is it something else? It is not. It's actually specific. um, Not 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 music. It's these chants, right? So it's specific um, scripture quotations. Every single one of them is a direct Mm. quotation of scripture. Cool, um, and then later the ubikaritas. Yeah, that's what I remember. During the preparation yeah, of the right. gifts, which the ubi is, is prescribed, what's the English of that? Where, where charity and love are found, yeah. right mm-hmm. there, God, God is karitas, ever, present ever present, whatever. At yeah. uh, um, <laughs> any rate, so what you have is you have. I mean, if it's celebrated, if you read the rules in the in the missal, and you celebrate it exactly how they say to celebrate it, right? It says the men who have been chosen are led by the ministers to seats prepared in a suitable place. Then the priest goes to each one with the help of the ministers, pours water over each one's feet, and then dries them. And meanwhile, the following chants are being said. So this is this beautiful symbol, like the Jesus Christ. He washed the feet of his disciples in John chapter 13. Mm -hmm. And he goes and he does this. It's this beautiful thing. And then the question becomes, when we celebrate it, there's just a lot of controversy. Like Pope Mm -hmm. Benedict... He only washed the feet of priests. Mm-hmm. Pope Francis, his first year, I don't know what he did his second year, but his first year... He washed the feet of, of prisoners? Of prisoners, oh, it prisoners. Prisoners, right? Prisoners. And, yeah. and it People was, got mad about it. But it was men and women, right? Mm-hmm. And Different
1: religions?
2: Not all Christian.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? So men and women and not all Christian. But it doesn't say anything about being Christian. or it doesn't say... But, it, but it, it does about say, being men. It does say men. Yeah. And in Latin, it, it says men. viri. Which is man, man, whereas like in Latin, hominem means men and women. It's like all mankind.
3: Yeah.
2: But viri means men, men. right? Okay. Now the thing is, the Pope, the Pope is the guy that writes the rules, so <laughs> he can change them, right? So it's not like he's breaking them. Um, but I think, and then and then like Archbishop Gregory in Atlanta, he washes the feet of children hmm. when he does the lat when he does the Lord's both. Supper.
1: So girls and guys.
2: I think so. I've actually never been because I'm, I'm always busy, um, you know, doing stuff at my own parish. But uh, I think so, but I'm not certain. Mm. Um, So it's interesting how people approach this. And I think the question because there are people who have very strong opinions about this. I mean very strong opinions. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, And I think a question we can ask is what does the washing of the feet symbolize, number one? And number two, is there like a legitimate diversity of opinion here? So what what do you think it symbolizes?
0: Um
1: an example for us to follow or specifically if it's like follow. an institution of like the priesthood then an example for the priest to follow
2: okay yeah. so like Christ left us an example mm-hmm. I am. like
1: a physical tangible example
2: I, okay. I'm not sure and, like, and in one of the antiphons one of the antiphons is supposed to be sung during the washing the feet if I your lord master have washed your feet how much more should you wash each other's feet mm-hmm. right it's like an example thing
0: Right? Yes. But see, I'm I'm the thing that I'm torn about is I've actually never heard before this idea that the washing of the feet could be like the moment when the priesthood is is instituted right and that's kind of new to me so i'm not sure how i feel i don't
2: i've heard i've read that from a few theologians i don't know that that's the church's teaching i don't know that the church is really taught it says that he instituted it at the last supper but the washing of the feet is part of the last supper
3: yeah yeah
2: because the
0: thing that jesus says in john 13 about the washing of the feet is two things one is first they like resist him and they say like peter peter resists him and says like lord don't wash my feet because he's like uncomfortable with his master yes like yet another antiphon
2: that's supposed to be read during the washing (laughs) the feet lord are you to wash my feet jesus said to him in answer if i do not wash your feet you will have no share with me and uh
0: the other so and then the other thing that happens is jesus says like uh, what does he say? Maybe it's another one of the antiphons. I don't know. He says, like, if if you want to be a master, like, you must become a servant of the people, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He says... Uh, what, I, I can't even find it right Well, now. we certainly...
2: The Son of Man came to, to serve, not to be served. He yeah. says all kinds of stuff like that. But right. in, certainly in John 13, he talks yeah, about he that Yeah, he says,
0: too, right? uh, No slave is greater than his master, nor any messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. I am not speaking of all of you, I know those whom I have chosen, but so that the scripture might be fulfilled, the one who ate my... F- Whoa, this is... All right, this is kind of getting off track here. Yeah, it, it goes it, crazy. So the question the question that I would ask is, Holy Thursday, I don't know where the, what the tradition of this is, but Holy Thursday is also referred to as Maundy Thursday, and I think Maundy refers to the mandatum, right, the mandate, and there's... I think Father Michael said last year here, there's two mandates, Right? Um, one of them is to, like to go and wash, like Jenny said, like to as an example, go and wash the feet of other people, whatever that means, like literally washing their feet or like figuratively washing their feet. What's I forget what the other mandate is? Is that important? So I have I've, no idea.
2: Probably not. Um, I think <laughs> that, oh, do this in memory of me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, that's a celebration. The, main, the Eucharist. Right? The Eucharist yes. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. I, I think one thing we got to keep in mind is like all of Holy Thursday is about the institution of the priesthood and things that priests do. Now the thing is, the washing of the feet in the in in the Holy Thursday mass is optional. You do not have to include it. Right? The first thing it says, after the homily where a pastoral reason suggests it, the washing of the feet follows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are parishes, I know parishes in the diocese that don't do it precisely because people get all upset about it. Like, should you have men? Should you have women? Is it a symbol of the priesthood? Is it a symbol of service to everyone? I don't know why it can't be all of those things, actually. Yeah. I think it Mm -hmm. can be. I think if you were to choose to do all men, you're certainly symbolizing priesthood. If somebody chooses to do men and women, I think they're symbolizing the service that we're to pay to one another. Okay. Now, but that said, given the fact that the washing the feet, which in the early church actually happened outside of Mass, right? That's just a, a, thing, a thing that they, they did, did. Yeah, like a separate right? ritual. And so it's yeah. brought into, in fact, it wasn't always even in Holy Thursday, right? This is not something that was done in the liturgy of Holy Thursday. That's important to know. Even, even 70 years ago, right? So it's in there, ah. and I think it's really important. But if it's put into Holy Thursday... I think Holy Thursday is about the priesthood. I don't think the washing the feet is intrinsically about the priesthood, but because it's inserted in the Holy Thursday, mm-hmm. I think it's got to be about the priesthood.
0: Can I, in, in view of the fact that this is all leading up to Easter, I think it's really cool to know, I've never thought about this before, that Christ, knowing that he's about to give himself up and die and no longer live on earth as a man, um... It, it makes sense that he would institute the priesthood. It makes sense that this would be, like, the, one of the last things he does before the crucifixion, before the passion. Um, I just think that's pretty cool to, to consider that he's saying, like, I'm giving you the ability to do the things that I'm doing because I'm not going to be here anymore.
2: So I will say kind of as a last point here, um, I know that p- there are lots of folks who get worked up about this. And like I say, I don't think the washing the feet intrinsically means one thing or the other. But it is my opinion, um, and I think it's backed up by a lot, um, that because it's inserted into Holy Thursday, uh, and because the ch- the church does say in the missal that it's supposed to be men, um, at, at least at Georgia Tech, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it is a beautiful sign. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that you couldn't do the washing the feet outside of mass with men, women, children, everything, right? And I don't, I'm not in any way judging anybody who decides to do it differently because I do think it has a wide diversity oh, of yeah. meanings. Um, But I will say this. During the Liturgy of the Eucharist, we're supposed to sing this chant, Ubi Caritas. And the second verse of Ubi Caritas is this. So when, this is from the Missal. From when we as one are gathered all together, let us strive to keep our minds free of division. May there be an end to malice, strife, and quarrels. And let Christ our God be dwelling here among us. Amen. So I will say this. If whatever goes on in your parish or whatever goes on on Holy Thursday, if it's causing division, the washing of the feet is optional. Mm
3: -hmm. I say
2: take it out if it's causing division. Mm
3: -hmm. You
2: know, that's crazy. The whole idea of Holy Thursday is that we're brought together in this mysterious, in this mysterious sacrament that God has left us. um, And then we we journey with him all through, Mm -hmm. uh, all through the Triduum and all through Good Friday, Holy Saturday into Easter Sunday. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So... At any rate, I hope uh, you found this somewhat enlightening. I'm sure we've uh, muddled it up a good bit. And um, (laughs) if any of you would like to send us uh, emails or complaints, would like to correct my (laughs) poor theology or TJ's poor theology especially. TJ's is
1: very possible. TJ's
2: very possible that he has poor theology. (laughs) Um, Please email us at podcast at org, And uh, hope you have a beautiful week. And God bless you.